0: Make it slap slap for for you.
1: edition of the half court trap podcast my name is daryl harris i am here with my boy chuck how you living bro
0: i've seen better days daryl i uh (laughs) we we originally were supposed to bring this podcast to you guys yesterday uh but saturday night my uh the restaurant i work at caught on fire um Uh... for the for the second time, different restaurant, but second time since uh, 2020 kicked off. So hell of a year so far. And then I was like, you know what? There's a there's a silver lining to this. I get to go home and I get to watch some North Carolina football for once. And I turn on that game. Yeah. And we're down like 28-3, and I was like, okay, hell no, nah. turn that <laughs> off. At that point, I was just like, all right. So so, I needed a bit of an emotional recovery day yesterday. Is basically what I'm getting at, and oh. that's that's why uh, I felt like I wasn't in the right headspace to give you guys the content you deserve.
1: Hey, this time so we're just ready to today. rock only. That's what's up. On the contrary, I've been in a nice championship hangover myself. Um, it, it just seems so appropriate. And I guess we're going to get right into it now with a little bit of catching up. If you didn't know, the NBA Finals took place and have concluded, and the Los Angeles Lakers are your 2020 NBA champions. I didn't have much to say after the final buzzer. I didn't have much to say. It just felt, there, it felt right.
0: it wasn't much to say.
1: I didn't feel the need to, to get on the internet and gloat. I didn't feel the need to say, I told you so I didn't feel, I didn't even have my chest pumped up. Like it just felt like the season ended the correct way <laughs> in short, but it was such a grind in the bubble. I feel like that once it did come to a conclusion, it's like, all right, let's let basketball breathe for a second there's no need to there's no need to get them back into what game six looked like what game five looked like who the mvp was that they get it right blah 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 it's like nah you know what let's just de decompress from this season and of course we're already looking ahead but just speaking on what that title probably means for the city it's This year was as needed of a championship victory as I could have imagined. Just because had we lost, it would have stung 10 times worse than the joy of winning. It would have been really... Right,
0: especially with Kobe and everything going on.
1: It would have been a big bummer, a huge bummer. And then here would have came the army of the media talking about whatever they have to say. And nobody...
0: LeBron gets that army regardless.
1: For sure, for sure. Actually, though, it's so funny because everybody has an opinion. We've seen the, the, the slideshows of players celebrating too early, the compilation tapes of people with their take saying the Clippers are going to be a, the better team in L.A. Everybody has an opinion, a, a loud one at that, about the Lakers and this isn't going to work and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, when they got the job done, it's crickets. Everyone's narrative flips. It's, well, how easy of a route was this? It's, I mean, well, so, come on. You got two of the top five players in the, in the league. I don't want my, any of that, which is, why I be, which is why I held my tongue after the finals, because I just want folks to think about how wrong they were for doubting this team.
0: <laughs> I don't think anybody, like, really doubted, like – no, nobody's ever going to be like, like, you called it, the Lakers were really the underdogs. I mean, they have LeBron and Anthony Davis. Nobody was like discrediting them or discounting them, especially those two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reason there's not a lot left to say is one, the bubble was really, really long, and the whole season in general was so long. Um, and two, like, it just didn't feel like a satisfactory way for the bubble to end. And I'm not even talking about the Lakers winning. I'm just talking about I felt like it wasn't great basketball. Like, the te- both teams weren't at their strongest. And overall, the bubble was an incredible experience. And all hats off to the NBA for pulling that off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just felt like kind of a – it felt like a Game of Thrones ending.
1: Right. Yeah, it was definitely a battle of attrition. It seems like both teams kind of crawled across the finish line.
0: But not even that. I mean, you know, you just it, we had great basketball until the finals. Yeah. And then the finals just felt kind of, of, you know, disappointing in comparison. And, again, that's not because the Lakers won.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the last series that the Lakers won in the playoffs before this year was in 2012. So – this wasn't a foregone conclusion that they were going to get it done evidenced by plenty of people who thought that they wouldn't so it's just it's it feels it feels vindicated to have gotten the victory and not have to address the naysayers because i feel like that makes them even more mad
0: yeah, I, I guess my whole thing is like there aren't really naysayers to like 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 the biggest critics of the Lakers in general is just like everybody hates Lakers Twitter. Like it's like like it's it's not it's not like it's just like Lakers are the most obnoxious fans up there with Celtics and Patriots and Cowboys and like you know it's, oh, some, it's of some of that, it's some of that.
1: There was, like a collect, there was like a sigh of, ah, these guys are back.
0: Right, right. Like, it, it was so nice while it lasted, but now we have to deal with these assholes again, that type of thing.
1: But I just feel – well, yeah, definitely. And probably last point on this one, but it, I just, I'm really happy for those guys. I'm really happy for those dudes just because I know the mental aspect that they were going through was not light. It wasn't cookie-cutter stuff.
0: So I, I've got to ask you a question. How, how many uh, titles do you think the Lakers have?
1: Seventeen.
0: Okay, so so Oklahoma City has one then, right? Sure. Okay. So okay, sure. just just okay, cool. Just double checking on that.
1: Sure, because I, I I know that the the Boston fans are making it known that the Lakers did relocate, so technically they've only accumulated twelve of their seventeen championships in Los Angeles when who knows how many of the Boston Celtics titles occurred before there were ten teams in the NBA? But it oh is what it God. is.
0: <laughs> and you guys don't even have George Mike in the best Minneapolis Lakers player number retired. So like, you, you can't have it both ways. That's that's all I'm saying. Like you don't see you don't see OKC hanging a banner for the Seattle SuperSonics championship.
1: Either way, the history of the Lakers precedes itself so far back that their brand does carry over. And see,
0: this this is why nobody likes Lakers fans.
1: I'm going to read you a quick stat. Interestingly enough, the Lakers have found themselves in the finals picture at the turn of every decade, dating back to 19... 50.
0: Daryl, I've got to be honest with you. I don't give a shit. This is not a Lakers podcast.
1: I'm just saying that if you have that continued of a presence with staying power, you don't get to discredit their organization. They're in the finals every decade with a different formula. So, you know.
0: And sometimes a different state.
1: Once. (laughs) One relocation. Uh, But – five times I, I have to say this yes this title was for kobe bryant long live the mamba his spirit is felt in the city shout out to the dodgers because i feel like they're even trying to put on <laughs> but more than that man the repeat the who knows however many Pete not one not two not three not four
0: Okay. What's, what's next? Because I'm, we lost Chuck.
1: We lost Chuck. I'm not talking about
0: LA anymore. Like (laughs) for anyone that's still listening. Thank you. For anyone that isn't,
1: I don't blame you. That's it. The silence is golden. The silence is golden. It'll be a long off season because this probably won't go away, (laughs) but we do have more to get into. So we're going to keep it pushing. We're not going to make this a finals pod. Let's talk about the bubble in retrospect now that we had a full stint of the bubble continuation of the season. What is a positive takeaway that you have from the NBA bubble?
0: Um, Zero new coronavirus cases. They were extremely effective and they had a goal and they set out to minimize as much of the risk as possible and ended up eliminating the risk. Um, now, granted, that probably drove some of the people going that lived there for months mm-hmm. insane. Um, but I really think they held up their end of the bargain there and then also on the social justice front.
1: Yeah. I would I actually agree with both of those points. I didn't think about that when I was considering which I'm what I wanted to pick for these options, but. Definitely, if you need a, a sample size of what proper precautions can do during this pandemic, the NBA bubble definitely provided that and pass off to that. That's definitely a great sign because none of us really know how this thing is operating. So the fact that we had an example set while the rest of the world were going to work, those guys went to work just like how we know we are. So it wasn't. it is an encouraging sign that they did that whole experiment without, any leaks in their in their system. Right. I have one. Um I'll say that I was a big fan of the basketball that was played. It felt like Yeah, it was pickup almost. It felt like open gym basketball. Like I know that they said this took place from from Disney from the Disney World Resort, but it felt like they were at LA Fitness or or 24 Hour Fitness or like, you know, it definitely felt like it was a gym of basketball players and a couple people are on the court who think they're the best and are going to try and dictate the game. But everybody has respect on the court, and they're going to play individually. It seems like they're playing like with less pressure and less expected of how they would play. It was a much yeah. more open game. That and it
0: felt more. it felt more intimate watching it.
1: Yeah, I thought definitely because you you hear the players, you hear the conversations that are going on. There's no other distractions. So the players are really invested in what's just going on between the whistles and it was made for a good viewing experience. Uh, There were
0: some bad things from the bubble as well, though. And
1: Before, uh, before you give it to the, uh, the other side, I also, uh, as a fan who enjoyed the viewing experience, the schedule was really dependable and enjoyable. There were Especially games on, at
0: the beginning.
1: Yes. There were games on every day. They came on at the same times, which, which happens. The NBA season does have a, a consistent schedule that they will follow. But knowing that, yo, there's going to be about two, three games on, staggered each time, there's almost always right. something on. And the playoffs – They're playing every other day. We're not dragging this out. You're you're getting a little bit of rest. If you finish your series early, guess what? You get to rest. That's your motivation. I was a fan of that. It was kind of AAU style. And I don't know if that will continue because maybe it took a toll on the players. Maybe it didn't compared to their regular schedule. But the simplified format made for a a very easygoing experience.
0: No, I agree.
1: But, yeah, it wasn't, I, all, it, wasn't all, it wasn't all kicks and giggles.
0: I was going to say, can I neg on it a little bit now?
1: <laughs> Go for it. Uh,
0: one of m- my biggest things was I feel like this was the perfect opportunity to see the teams 1 through 16 mm-hmm. since we we're all going to be at a neutral site and see how that played out. Um, I understand why they didn't do it, but
1: it's something I personally would have really loved to see. I thought we were going to. That was one of the big points that were on the table when they were negotiating the bubble. And I thought that was going to be put into place, but it wasn't.
0: And then my only other one is, and it's the obvious one, is no fans. I mean, I
1: definitely had that on mine as well.
0: Imagine, like, that Luca step back game winner would have been in American Airlines Center. Uh, mm-hmm. Game five of the finals, where y'all came out in the Black Mama jerseys, would have been at Staples Center. Philly probably doesn't get swept if they get to play at least a game in Philadelphia.
1: For real. We know how that that arena gets rocking.
0: Right. So, you know, that was rough. But again, I I couldn't be more happy with how everything turned out as far as safety Mm -hmm. and the NBA upholding their end of the bargain. And I I think – as far as compromises go, this was about as good as we could have ever hoped to get.
1: Yeah. I was hard pressed to, to nitpick the bubble as well, because overall I was super happy to have basketball back maybe because exactly. we were off of quarantine, but yeah, the absence of fans definitely took the wind out of certain moments that would have been incredibly memorable had they taken place. Even the ones you mentioned were great and I hadn't even got to go over everything that happened, but, like say, just say that Jamal Murray forty footer at the end of Game Three against the Lakers takes place at the Nuggets Arena. And I mean, like one of those banned, like one of those of Jamal Murray
0: games. At least one of those games would have happened in Denver,
1: for sure, for sure. So just we did miss out on moments where uh, it just can't be recreated unless it's live in an arena with twenty thousand plus fans. I agree, but. The, even some of just the normal pop and circumstance. Like, I don't think I watched the player introduction or, like, a starting lineup introduction, the whole right. the, the whole bubble. It was – so we'll welcome these things back once we get to a normal league again, but do you think that we will have another iteration of the bubble next year? So, a
0: lot of it depends on when the NBA actually decides to start back up. Um, originally, they were t- – targeting Christmas, and that doesn't seem realistic right now. Yep. So maybe if they push back to, like, February. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it will depend on how the rest of the NFL season plays out, how coronavirus continues to spread throughout the country. I think we could see a bubble. Um, a lot of it depends, like I said, on – how the virus is and where mm-hmm. we're at as a country at that point. Uh, but if it gets to a point where it's, you know, mid-February and the owners are like, wait, if we push until April, we can have fans, mm-hmm. then, you know, that's inevitably what's going to happen because you've got teams like the Warriors that make, you know, $5 million a home game mm-hmm. or something stupid like that.
1: I think it might be double that, but yeah, yeah the owners know that they can't go a full season leaving that kind of money on the table. So they're going to try and work to some kind of compromise, but. Right. It seems from what I've heard, it seems that Martin Luther King day might be a happy medium for a start date because originally they're thinking December. December is very unrealistic at the moment.
0: Well, and that, and, and that would be a fantastic new starting date every
1: year. For Would be it would be they've already adopted that day as like a a a season holiday right right so it would be a great tip-off point and this also we're embarking on an off season as fans like we've never encountered except for some lockout seasons where they don't know what's going to happen yet either and they might have a situation where we get a portion of a season in a bubble they take a break they come back and some of the games are. we, we have no idea so this is all speculation based off of reports that have come out. But we do know that the NBPA, the National Basketball Players Association, and are, are actively working with the league, with ownership to reach a solution that appeases all parties. And we will have basketball back next year. It's not a question. Right. So one way or just another. just matter of when. I wouldn't hate to have another bubble season if that's what it had to be. I, the players wouldn't go for it. It'd be tough to convince them. No, I,
0: I'm i telling you straight up, the players would not go for it.
1: We'll see. Yeah, I keep getting them checks. Well. All right. In other news, since our last episode, we did get to touch on one, head coaching change that was notable doc rivers went to the 76ers but since we've had a couple woge bombs and we have some more openings that are still vacant so let's get into some front office talk and see what's going on around the league where do you want to start
0: uh i want to start with a rumor in brooklyn hmm um and i was listening to the ringer nba show and i've got a lot
1: of feelings about brooklyn we'll probably get into some more of them later
0: apparently if mike d'antoni doesn't land a head coaching job or doesn't find one he really likes he could end up being the head assistant to
1: steve nash in brooklyn wow talk about student becoming the master but i think you, but, but I think that works perfectly because you have
0: Mike who can handle the basketball side and you have Steve who can handle the personnel side, which let's be honest with the Brooklyn team that's put together is way, way more important than the basketball side.
1: Even Steve Nash, the selection for Brooklyn's head coaching vacancy was uh, not a head scratcher, but it was surprising. It was surprising, but it
0: was also something that they had apparently had their eye on for a while.
1: It wasn't. And they must have, must have kept on the wraps.
0: Yeah, very much so. Um, Chicago hiring Billy Donovan, I think, is, I mean, anybody would have been a big upgrade from Jim Boylan. No mm-hmm. disrespect intended. But I think Billy Donovan is somebody that can coming from the college ranks it's a really young team yeah i think he can help them grow together both on the court and the locker room um and within a couple of years i think he can get them to be pretty competitive in the east
1: building off of the year you just had in oklahoma city transitioning right to chicago who has arguably just as talented a young core at least when you talk about their core four guys four or five guys right in it conference that doesn't have the competition that is in the Western Conference. I think he's in a great spot. I think Chicago is one of the teams I see making a jump next year for sure.
0: Um, and then New York obviously hired Tibbs. So we'll maybe, see.
1: Maybe that was a culture move. They they wanted to get somebody that they could view as a disciplinarian or somebody like o- the under, best out of their players.
0: Over, under – On R.J. Barrett's minutes per game next year, 46. Are you taking over or under?
1: (laughs) I'm going to slightly take the under. 44. He he might set a record. He (laughs) might set a record. He might need a leg replacement halfway through the season.
0: Um, So, and then obviously the Clippers um, hire Ty Lue which I thought the timing of was kind of weird, but I, I don't love the hire just because he seems like to me, he's just a younger, less accomplished version of doc, where he's a player's coach and the real success he's had came with LeBron, where we know LeBron pretty much runs the basketball side of things
1: on whatever team he's on. Um, I mean, well, so, about it. you don't not love the move. You don't love the organization. No,
0: I it's I, I objectively don't love the move. The move I do love is Chauncey Billups hired as an assistant there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I second that. I second that. It seems like it was the reasonable move to make instead of who knows what's going on in the Clippers. I don't really care right, right now. Right. Uh so, they got they, they did bring in Ty Lue. We'll see what we'll see what that turns into. I can't picture Tyloo's voice without actually hearing Chris Broussard. So And and maybe and maybe part of
0: and maybe part of it is they have some roster changes to make and Definitely. they wanted to keep a head coach that was already intimate with the personnel. Um Yeah. So that, that's the one thing I can think of where it really does make a lot of sense. But again, like if he was the guy from the jump, why didn't you just hire him from the jump? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really know. Um, and that leaves us with the Pacers, Rockets, uh, Pelicans and Thunder searching for head coaches. I wrote down 10 uh, head coaching Candidate. candidates. Yeah. I think could be interesting here. Is Kenny Atkinson the one? He is
1: the first one on my list. Is Imei Yudoka one? He's not. Mm. Probably should be. Definitely could be.
0: So I have have five former head coaches, four assistant coaches, and one college coach.
1: Who do you have from college?
0: Anthony Grant from Dayton.
1: Hmm. I definitely could see a team taking a flyer. No pun intended. I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, off the cuff, I'm not a rapper. But I could see somebody making that move. I'm super interested in seeing who New Orleans and Houston decide to fill their vacancies. Eyes are on Houston because we know that Daryl Morey stepped down.
0: Well, they just they, – they built a whole – team and organization around the philosophy of the offense that Antonio was running and the yeah. analytics that Daryl Moore mm-hmm. was pushing. And now they're replacing both, but they're still stuck with the team that they had. So I, it's not an attractive coaching position if I'm not on the market. Truly.
1: I feel like that's something where we might get a – uh, a big name like a like a Jeff Van Gundy. I doubt that he comes off the of commentary, he's, but I feel like that's a position where we get the name value coach stepping I, in.
0: Again, credits to Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Van Gundy and John Lucas are two of the names that have been floated for Houston. Yeah. Um, and they would be two of the cheaper options available, which is something that their owner is apparently
1: looking into. I definitely think that their direction is not a complete overhaul of what they have because i feeling Daryl Morey's shoes is – I have his name written down. Raphael Stone, who's a longtime member of the organization. So I don't think that they're changing the culture entirely. Right. No, I agree. And he's
0: well-respected within both the Rockets and NBA circles. Definitely. So,
1: um, it's just interesting to see who becomes the next figure and how much of a actual leash they'll have.
0: Can I read you my uh, candidate list? Yeah, let me hear it. Kenny Atkinson. Dan Tony, Yeah. Mark Jackson.
1: Nate he McMillan. He might want to get back. Listening to Mark Jackson on commentary just sounds like he's still salty about the Golden State position. He,
0: he is. He is. <laughs> Go ahead. Nate McMillan. Jeff Van Gundy. Mm -hmm. We covered Anthony Grant. And then these are the four assistants. Becky Hammond.
1: Potentially, she's making her way. Head coach of San Antonio Summer League team last year. Jameel Mosley
0: from the Mavs. Uh, Let's see. Will Hardy from the Spurs. And Darren Hamm from the Bucks.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Who was that guy from Dallas? Never heard of him. Jokes. Uh, Jokes. 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 Don't get offended.
0: Hey, it's never heard of you either. It's all good.
1: (laughs) That's cool. That's cool. No no offense taken.
0: It'll be interesting to see who lands where, but uh, until we know more, I think we should go ahead and move on to our way too early 2021 predictions. What do you think, Daryl?
1: Let me just start this off on the – topic of the Brooklyn Nets, I have to say, after this year, I think that my opinions have only, I think that I'm taking deeper conviction in my opinions because I had reservations about the Clippers and I saw, I also have reservations about the Nets just because I want to see it first. I understand that on paper it is completely dirty. And in theory, both of those dudes coming back from injury, no matter who else you feel around them, will be a serious contender in the Eastern Conference. KD is definitely in the conversation for best player in the world. I want to see it again before I can really invest in that. I think that's fair. I can equally see a version where Kyrie misses 25% of the season. Kevin Durant misses 30% of the season. Players around them aren't necessarily healthy. They don't have a defensive anchor, and everybody's saying, "Wow, what did it like? what's turning into them?" Like that can definitely happen. So I just need to see what they're actually looking like on the court. Similar applies to Golden State, but I don't really doubt those boys.
0: So for for me, when I was doing this, um, I'm just assuming no massive trades. I'm assuming people keep the draft picks. You know, I'm I'm assuming yeah. basically no shock waves right which obviously there will be but you know for mm-hmm. the point of this exercise um, yeah. and then so then I went through Daryl what do you want me to start with my division rankings within each division my conference rankings or yeah, my, yeah, let's, let's stay
1: there we can get we can hit awards after that
0: okay so I'll start in the east and the Atlantic you want me to go top to bottom or bottom to top
1: bottom to top.
0: All right. Um, No shocker here. The Knicks will finish last. Uh, Sorry about it. And number four, I have Philly. Just with the way the roster is now, I I have faith in Doc. um, Mm. But at the same time, I think this might be the toughest division basketball. Number three, I have the Raptors. Um, I love Pascal Siakam.
1: Tough to predict what happens to them. The, some we'll see of the, what
0: happens with Fred Van Fleet. Everybody else yeah. is getting older. Some of
1: that Raptors core could be moving on slash a little less interested next year. Yeah.
0: So that was that was the toughest one for me is uh, dif- differing between them and Philly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then number two, I have Brooklyn. And then number one, I have Boston.
1: Mm-hmm. So I, def- this- I also think that Boston could be in the race for the best record in the East next year.
0: Yeah. Uh, Central in fifth spot, I have Detroit. Shocker. And the fourth spot, fourth spot, I have Cleveland. This is really, really less shocking. Really, this is really a pretty gutter division. And the third spot, nasty. I have Chicago. Really? Yep. I think I think they make a jump. Uh, Indiana second.
1: You don't think they could clip Indiana? No. Depot stays.
0: Well, even if he uh
1: For the point of this exercise, who can tell? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, number one, Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the southeast, I've got <laughs> got Atlanta finishing last. I've got. I, I really
1: hope that they can win more than 20 games next year.
0: I've got Orlando in fourth.
1: Reasonable step back for them.
0: I've got Charlotte in third.
1: Yeah, you better place a bet on that because if you're right, <laughs> congrats.
0: I've got Washington in second.
1: Not not a shocker. If, if Beal stays and John Wall is back, The is not going anywhere. They're going to play some good basketball. They will.
0: And I've got Miami winning the division.
1: Chip on Miami's shoulder all of next year, if you ask me. Probably. So then, overall in the East,
0: going from 15 up to one, I've got the Knicks as the worst team in the East. uh, 14 Pistons, 13 Hawks. 12 Cavs and Magic, 10 Hornets, nine Bulls, eight Wizards, seven Philly, six Pacers, five Raptors, four Nets, three Miami, two Milwaukee, and number one Boston.
1: Interesting. The only team you have falling out of the playoffs in this year would be the Magic with the Wizards occupying that spot. Yes. I I would say... Uh, my gut is thinking that Toronto could be more closer to that seven or eight, maybe nine spot, depending on how their season goes. And then maybe Chicago could be in the playoff hunt. Right. Not, not too much to differ there. I actually think that's a good prediction of the Eastern Conference. Not and then the West
0: was, West was obviously a lot harder. Uh, yeah. I'll start with the Northwest Division. I've got Minnesota, fifth. Oklahoma City, fourth. Utah third, Portland second, Denver first.
1: Hmm, that's gonna be a battle. That's gonna yeah, like that's those top three teams could probably be separated by three games. They're they're all pretty equally matched. Yeah, I think um, that it'll be a big year for Donovan Mitchell, albeit he's healthy. And, in the
0: Pacific, which is the other option for most loaded division mm-hmm. in basketball.
1: When you see that, you saw the way Phoenix ended the year. Like, man.
0: Right. I've got Sacramento 5, Phoenix 4, Clippers 3, Lakers 2, Warriors 1.
1: Hmm. No comment.
0: <laughs>
1: nah, actually, uh, I definitely uh, – it's tough to predict. What the final Warriors roster will look like, but either way, the boys will be back. Definitely. The boys will be uh, back.
0: In the Southwest, how the mighty have fallen. I've got San Antonio finishing last.
1: Couldn't agree more. I've Just because Memphis. where where is their life coming from?
0: Right. I've got Memphis in fourth and Houston in third. And that was the other one where I was – I could have almost put Houston four. Just because I don't I, – look, I love James Harden. He's fantastic, but I have no idea what that team's going to look like. Um, I've got the Pelicans finishing second in the division behind, of course, my Dallas Mavericks. Objective, so objectively, 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 I think the Mavericks will be the best team in the division.
1: It's not a bad. It's not a bad take, regardless of uh, your your allegiance to, to the Mavericks, but they definitely will. They definitely have the best player. Almost, it, it's it's tough. To, it's tough saying that when James Arden's also in the division, but when you see what Luca was doing individually against the Clippers in round one, there's no the reason. Worst. There's no reason to question this kid. Right. I definitely think he could be an MVP candidate. He's he's the odds on favorite on most
0: sporting books right now.
1: Mm, didn't know that.
0: Uh and in the West, my projections are fifteen Timberwolves, fourteen Kings, thirteen Spurs, twelve Thunder, eleven Grizzlies, ten Jazz, nine Suns, eight. Rockets, seven Pelicans, six Trailblazers, five Clippers, four Nuggets, three Mavericks, two Lakers, and one Warriors. And before you jump on me for having Dallas third, that is more so a reflection of them playing in the easiest division than them being, you know, better than... The Nuggets or the Clippers or the Trailblazers, because I think that's probably up in the air between those four.
1: Well, if you get a season where Porzingis plays more than sixty games, I—that's completely reasonable.
0: Knock on wood, grain.
1: Yeah, they have continuity coming back. The Luca's only understanding the game more. I actually, I'm really big. I'm big on Dallas next year. I'm not fighting that. I'm not fighting that at all. And, New Orleans. And Rick
0: Carlisle is pretty consistently one of the most underrated coaches.
1: Oh, definitely. League. That's a large part of who I attribute their continuity to, for sure.
0: Um, like, uh, he just gets the most out of all of his players.
1: Yeah. Not, I don't know how many teams Dorian Finney-Smith is a consistent starter if you need.
0: Right. Or Seth Curry. I mean, we saw we saw him yeah. leave and go to Portland and then come back, now he's balling again, right?
1: For real. Like, nothing happened.
0: Um, do you want to hear my – I did a Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, MVP, and rookie of the Year.
1: Defensive Player of the Year. Let me give it a stab. You probably went with Anthony Davis.
0: I did not. I went with Bam Adebayo.
1: Okay. Okay. Respectful. Respectful prediction.
0: Uh, who do you think I went with for Coach of the Year?
1: Not Rick Carlisle?
0: Not Rick Carlisle. All
1: right. Brad Stevens? Scott Brooks. Okay. With the resurgent Wizards year?
0: Really Not a team, bad yeah. prediction.
1: Not a bad prediction. I do think that uh, maybe in that department, we see a team that is repeating their success from last year get it. Like maybe if the Lakers are up there, they show some love to Bogle. Impressive coaching performance in Vogel. I just want to give him a a small round of applause from this past season. Other than that, remains to be seen who I think is the favorite in that that category.
0: I feel that. Um, Who do you think I picked for rookie of the year?
1: You didn't choose Anthony Edwards, did you?
0: I didn't because I just don't know first of all where he's going to land and also so you know how effective he'll be year one, and mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. Is I almost went yep. James Wiseman, I almost went Anthony Edwards, I went Tyrese Halliburton because I know you. The I know you love Halliburton in the draft for me.
1: It's really tough to call these without uh, even knowing where they might play because that right. usually is the biggest part. Definitely, but. It's tough to see Wiseman not having a pretty impressive rookie campaign.
0: I don't know, man. I, he, had, he played four college games. Like, the last real basketball he played it was against, you know, six-foot-eight 17-year-olds. I think I think there's going to be a definite adjustment period, but I could see him being a monster by the end of the year.
1: Well, yeah, we saw that with Aiden. It took Aiden about a year and a half. To kind of get his big man body going in Just the NBA, about. yeah. You know, I'm. You know, I think Melo's gonna ball. No I pun intended. Me. Again, y'all, I'll be here all night to accepting me. tips, accepting tips. <laughs> I do think Lamelo will have impressive numbers and ultimately be in the conversations for Rookie of the Year. Hmm, and for MVP. We actually, uh, I spoiled this one in our pre pod, but you got that man, Steph Curry. Yep. I do reclaiming the MVP title. I do indeed. I'm excited for that. I have nothing to say. I can't, I I can't wait to watch warriors
0: basketball again.
1: Who knew we were going to be saying this in 2020. Right. After being bludgeoned by Golden state for about five years that we would be eager to see that same Golden State basketball back on the court. But that might be the 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 number one fancy traction. Yep. Next season. It'll be a lot of fun to see those dudes back on back on the court. But we're gonna wrap guys we're gonna wrap it up right there. Essentially we'll have more content coming for you guys quickly. We got in the, the next, couple
0: days, next couple of days, next couple days, we'll have a draft special out for you guys. We've got we've got some fun stuff planned for that one. I think
1: we're also going to get Chuck in a Boston Celtics Ron, Rajon Rondo jersey very soon. I'm not very paying.
0: Soon. I'll wear it, but I'm not paying for it.
1: Very soon. Don't trip. I'll look through as many Goodwills as I have to. And All right. Worst bet. worst comes to worst. It will be shipped to your door from AliExpress in the next six weeks.
0: Cannot wait.
1: And you gotta hang it in your room for about a week. Is it too late to add to the stipulations? No.
0: That's fine.
1: Shit. Once again, shout out to you if you're listening. I hope you have a great day and a great week. And we hope to hear back we hope to be back with you guys soon and that you all stay safe. Y'all keep on trapping. You know how the story goes.
0: Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, We'll have more content for you guys soon. Y'all stay safe out there, and
1: uh, we'll be back with y'all shortly. Not one, not two.